Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast designed to help you as entertainers book more gigs and make more money from what you love. My name's Ashley Green and today is a very weird and interesting podcast episode with me, Mark, because uh, I'm actually recording this one in person, which I don't usually do. So it seems very, very bizarre, very, very strange. But we're talking with someone um, really interesting today. Because there's a lot that I've spoken on this podcast over the past, I think, 150, 160 episodes, uh, and all about how to put more gigs and make more money. But one of the things we never really speak about is what actually happens once you make the money, what actually happens once you make the cash, um, and that actually goes through. We've recently spoken to uh, Ed Samuel, financial advisor on the podcast, about just being a bit more right savvy when it comes to your finances putting money away like kind of money saving tips and like what to do at certain points and investments blah 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 but there is one big thing which we need to talk about when you come to earning money and that is tax which is why today i've brought a wonderful little friend and my accountant mr mark hardman hello hello ashley thank you um thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to talk to entertainers about tax i know because it's always the last thing on people's minds <laughs> it's the thing i'm going to be honest that we don't want to do we don't want to pay and then we put off till last minute and think oh shit i've got this massive bill which has to go to the government <laughs> i don't think i've ever met anyone actually who wants to pay tax yet but <laughs> maybe entertainers are different <laughs> No, no, I think if anything, we're more likely, god damn it, I just want to save as much money as possible. Um, but before we crack on with this episode and before we kind of like dig into tax and looking into like some of the stuff which you know all around that area, can you give us like a brief summary about who you are, what you do, just so kind of like the people listening in all 130 countries around the world really understand like where you're coming from and kind of like your background? Okay, so my name's Mark Herdman. I have been a qualified accountant for the last 20-odd years, um, partner of a firm of accountants that are based across Kent um, down in southeast England. So we've got branches in Maidstone, Canterbury, Broadstairs. Some of your listeners may have heard of some of those places. Canterbury tends to be the big one. People tend to have heard of, of at least Canterbury Cathedral. Um, but yes, yeah, so we kind of focus on small and medium-sized businesses. Um, and again, my specialisms are kind of across three areas. I deal with people in construction, I deal with entertainers, and I deal with artists. And they always kind of seem strange to people outside of accounting. Why those three specialisms? They're totally different specialisms. But in actual fact, most people across those industries hate paperwork. They hate tax. They hate having to deal with the authorities on this. So I tend to deal with people with exactly the same questions across those industries. And in each of those industries, you are being creative. So it's creative industries. And construction, they are creating something. Entertainers, they are creating entertainment. And artists, they are creating whatever their masterpiece is going to be. So, and they are my specialisms across accountancy and, and taxation thereon. So, so a little history about our firm. Um, we've been going for 160 years this year. So 2022 is our 160th year. So we've been around for a long while. Not just me at the helm, but <laughs> previous uh, partners beforehand. But as I say, so we've been around a long time. And as I say, my clients are based around the world. But obviously, for today, we'll just talk about UK taxation. So, make it nice and simple. Happy days. And I think one of the things you've hit on the head there is, um, and I think everyone listening to this right now can relate, 
we are in entertainment. We love what we're doing. And yeah, a part of running that business, there's so much admin and paper pushing you have to do that it becomes an absolute drain. And I know it's not just me that puts it off till the last minute. There's so many people and then it's a mad rush at the end. And one of the things I really wanted to talk about today is like, where the hell do we start? Because there's so many people like listening to this who are in the position of they have a day job. And entertainment is a thing on the side that they're hoping to pursue. So they've got yeah. that additional stream of income. And then there's the entertainers that are actually out there doing this full time, yes. which know that they're over a certain limit, so they have to pay tax. But where do we start and how can we start managing our money a little bit better to make sure that we don't screw ourselves over in kind of tax season? Okay, so I kind of start back back at the basics. So when you're starting out in the business and you think it's just a little bit of pin money on the side, until you've actually turned over more than a thousand pounds, so you've generated sales of more than a thousand pounds, that actually doesn't need to be reported. A lot of people kind of get worried to start with, oh, it's just a little bit of money here. But until it gets over a £1,000, then effectively that's when it gets treated as a trade, as a business, we would call it. So that's when you need to uh, start keeping detailed records. And everyone goes, oh, records, here we go. The, The accountant's talking boring rubbish already. But these days it is so much easier. So there's accounting packages which can make it simple. I mean, the first thing I always suggest to people is talk to someone who knows. Go and get your free half-hour, hour meeting with a local accountant to find out what you need to do, what's best for your business, and how to set your business up. So kind of the first thing is people would have heard of sole traders or partnerships or limited companies. What is actually best for your business? Most entertainers will be a sole trader. They will trade under their own name, and effectively they go under the self-assessment version of tax. So once a year currently, you need to produce an annual tax return. Now, what I tend to say to people to start with is make it nice and simple. Open up a separate bank account for your entertainment business because then that keeps everything together. It keeps your income all going into that bank account and your expenses as well. So if you're not sure about whether this is tax allowable or not, pay for it out of that separate bank account because then you can ask the accountant at the end of the year, these are things I paid out for. Here's my holiday to Spain. Can I put that through? No, unfortunately you can't. Here's the the cloak that I've had to buy for my magic trick. Yep, that is allowable. Here's my travel expenses, so traveling to and from sites, then that is allowable. So we can kind of look down the expenses that you've got. Clothing is always the one that people are unsure of. What can you claim for? What can't you? So obviously in the entertainment world, it's kind of, well, what do you need to for your image on stage? If you're in a Queen tribute band, for example, and you have to buy a Brian May wig then that is obviously going to be allowable. Or an Abbott tribute band, you might need to have specific dresses. Then that will be allowable. Um, but obviously, if you turn up to a gig and you're just in a in a suit, then that probably isn't allowable because you can wear that suit outside for, for other purposes. So it's kind of a little bit of a minefield, and it's always good to chat to, to someone in the knowledge first of all. But the main reason for keeping it all in a separate bank account is when your entertainment business starts to grow, obviously listening to Ashley's courses, it will continue to grow. His his course is fantastic, so I highly recommend you book onto it. Um, But yeah, as it does start to grow, if it's all in one place, you can then start to use technology for your benefit. So there are computer packages which can download the information straight from your bank into 
the software itself. So there's uh, software such as Zero does it, Sage, QuickBooks, all the ones that people may have heard about in the UK. Obviously, Zero is a New Zealand-based one, so those in New Zealand would have heard of Zero as well. But that can download the data straight from the bank account and put it into a form of accounts for you so you can see how much money you're making or indeed losing in your entertainment business. So that's kind of a good starting point. But I always say, come and talk to, to an accountant first of all. So kind of an overview to recap what you've said. If anyone is earning over, um, and again, this is predominantly UK-based advice, um, by all means, listen if you're from elsewhere, but you're going to have to seek advice in your own country, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the legal stuff out of the way. But one of the things we need to, to just to just recap is if you're earning over a £1,000, you've got to declare that under tax and it's important to keep records of your income, but also your expenses, your outgoings, because otherwise you could be paying tax when it's not really due because you've got so much stuff to claim back. For example, if you bought <laughs> the Momentum course from me <laughs> to grow your entertainment business and book more gigs and make more money, again, that's a taxable thing, so you can claim uh, the money back. Then that is correct. A little bit cheaper. <laughs> that is correct. So obviously you do get tax relief on things like the Momentum course, or indeed other costs as well in your business and then it's down to the good accountant to be questioning you so although yeah these are the expenses you've given me what about your phone bill your mobile phone bill do you use that for business what about your broadband at home and other costs as well so it's kind of though that that communication with the accountant which will really help save you money longer term and i think it is that kind of um the good simple advice and just like being organized which is an absolute lifesaver I remember before I met you and I was registered to pay my tax, everything was over the place. I had my personal bank account and whenever I'd done gigs, I'd be getting a mixture of cash and checks and and, and um, uh, bank transfers coming through, but it was all mixed with my personal cash. So when it come around to looking through everything, I always got stuck. I was like, hang on, what's personal, what's incoming? And it was an absolute flipping nightmare. And the moment exactly I'd done what you said, I went, you know what? I am self-employed, I am a sole trader, this isn't a limited company, but I am going to set up my own separate bank account just so that I can pay on the separate card so I keep all of my outgoings, all of my incoming in one place. It made everything so much flipping easier. Yeah. And it is that record keeping which I know screws over so many people and that's why they get in a faff at the end of the year and that's why they procrastinate and that's why uh, they put it off. And I think that's another key point that if you guys aren't doing that already, just setting up that separate bank account I know has been a really important thing for me. But then the next thing you touched on was the mixture between, obviously, sole traders, limited companies. And I was reading in uh, a forum um, with a bunch of magicians, um, and I was reading something about people talking about whether it's best for their entertainment business to be a sole trader um, or to be a limited company. Um, I was wondering in a minute, just for the audience, if you could break down the differences between those. But one of the things I heard a lot of people saying was, oh, I'm, I'm a limited company because it looks better for my clients when I invoice them. And that just seemed to be the only thing that they say. And okay. it made me think, <laughs> really? I, I, I don't understand what you guys are getting at. Um, and that just seems to be the only thing that entertainers talk about. They just literally set up a company as a limited company because in their eyes, they think it looks better. But I wanted to kind of break that down and get your thoughts. If someone's setting out, is it best to be an actual limited company or run as a sole trader? Like, when do they need to know what to do and what are the benefits and what are some of the cons? 
Okay, so the, I'll talk through the benefits and the, the cons of both in a minute. But I think the most important thing is to start with is as soon as you start to break into it and you see that your entertainment business is starting to develop, speak to a professional accountant. Really, they're the ones that will go through all the facts and find out the details about you, your situation, and why a limited company or a sole trader may be better. But I'll kind of run through the, the differences between the two. So a sole trader is someone who just trades under their own name. They set up as, so for example, Ashley Green, the, 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 the magician, the mentalist, um, he is a sole trader under that. It's his name. It's his branding. It's just Ashley. So he doesn't need to go through and follow through any limited company rules. He trades under his own name. He receives a check or, or a bank transfer direct into his personal bank name. It's his money. Whatever he does with that, it's down to him, but it's his money. A limited company, on the other hand, is like a third person. It's not you. It's the limited company. So the limited company does the work. It's like having a third person in your relationship here. So you've got someone, the, the limited company does the work, although you do the work for the limited company. So it's the limited company that goes and performs the event. It's not you as an individual. Now, some people like that because... Limited companies, the main reason it's called limited is because it gives limited liability. So if something goes totally wrong, so go back to, to the older days in the magic world, you saw a lady in half. If that went totally wrong in a limited company, it's the limited company's responsibility. It's not the individual performers, unless there's anything fraudulent. So it provides limited liability. If Ashley did that now and it went wrong, hopefully his insurance company would cover him. But if not, it's Ashley's responsibility as a sole trader. Now, that frightens some people, so they think a limited company's best. But part of the downside of a limited company is it tends to cost more for your accountancy fees. It tends to add an extra burden of paperwork that needs to be done. The limited company needs to keep records. It's the limited company's income. It's not your income. So to get money out, um, there's two main ways of getting money out of the limited company, either through the payroll, so you're an employee of your limited company, or through your ownership of the limited company and getting a dividend out of the shares. So there's more paperwork involved with the limited company. So my view tends to be, for the majority of cases to start with, is you're setting out, giving it a try, not sure where you're going to go for a couple of years. It's set up as a sole trader. It's cheaper, less regulation, and you can just run and see how it goes rather than the cost of getting the limited company set up, the paperwork around it, etc., etc. So, I mean, often people look at a limited company and go, you pay less tax in a limited company. Now, with current rules, that might be somewhat the case. Um, but going forward, as the business grows, you may end up paying more money overall by having a limited company in tax. So it's not the great tax break that people once saw it to be. So it really is a case of sitting down with someone like myself and just having a chat through it. What is best for you? I guess that comes down to your own current position of what you're actually bringing in and also, I guess, what your visions are for the future of, That's right. of yeah. your business yeah. overall. Yeah, it's often looking at this is where you are today. Where do you want to be in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time? And then seeing how that, that actually transitions. And you can start off today as a sole trader and change to a limited company in three months' time, six months' time, a year's time, depending on how it goes. 
So just because you choose today for a sole trader, it doesn't mean that you can't change to a limited company at some point down the line. That's very handy advice, that is. So I think the biggest question, like we've covered, obviously, the importance of paying tax and the difference between like sole trader uh, and limited company. And I think that answers a big question, which I know a lot of entertainers have when they sell. When it comes to paying tax, how do we make sure that we don't mess ourselves up? Because a lot of people just think, oh, I'll deal with that at the end. I'll deal with that when it's due. Are there some handy little tips and hacks and general advice you can have so we can be a bit more kind of savvy when it comes to this and also don't leave it till last minute and end up messing ourselves <laughs> up and becoming severely stressed to say, sit down on the sofa thinking, why have I left it to the end again? Talking about myself here, Mark, what can I do to not be an idiot? I mean, it's strange because a lot of people think, oh, you know what? I can put that off till tomorrow. But if you're a sole trader, sole traders always pay their tax in January and potentially in July as well. So so potentially two payments of tax you need to make on an annual basis. Always in January if you've got a profit, and sometimes in July, depending on how much tax you need to pay. Um, again, the tax return is currently due 31st of January. So a lot of people within the entertainment business come in on the 30th of January. Ashley's pointing to himself here, saying, here we go, Mark, here's my shoebox of receipts for you to have a look at. Can you go through and minimise my tax? Now, if you give it to me on the 30th of January, the day before the deadline, along with a dozen other entertainers, it's going to be hard pushed to go, you know what, I need to fly through all this information, look at it, and having an opportunity at that point to sit down, have a proper meeting, and delve as far into the business as I want to, to go, well, what about this? What about that? It's kind of a bit late. I'd much rather be getting that. Um, it currently runs up to the 5th of April each year. I'd much rather be getting that in May or June to say, right, okay, this is what you've done. Have a bit more of a relaxed chat and st to start preparing yourself for the tax liability that you've got in January. Instead of saying, right, okay, here's your tax return on the 31st of January. Can you come over and sign it? Or I can email it to you and electronic sign it. I need to get that submitted today. Obviously, this is all on the basis that all the technology works. And a couple of years ago, the revenue system did actually go down on the 31st of January for a period of time. So there was mad panic across most accountancy offices at that point. Um, but it, you need to plan for it. I'd much rather be saying to you in June or July, this is your tax bill that you need to prepare for and pay on the 31st of January next year. It gives you the opportunity to go, well, okay, for each of these gigs that I'm doing, I need to reserve a little bit of money towards my tax bill that I need to pay. And then we can start planning as well. So, what's well, okay. This is how this year's gone. What's this current year looking like? Is there anything else you need to buy? What's the tax advantages of buying things now or buying them later? So we can start looking at that and start giving proper tax planning advice as opposed to just firefighting at the end say, here we go, here's your tax return. I'll see you next 30th of January again, the day before the deadline. So it really is a case of, 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 of planning in advance and getting this information. And technology is coming in to help entertainers like yourselves to, to be able to do that. Um, something I would like to mention is from April 2024, if your turnover is more than £10,000, we're going to 
um, into, or the government is introducing something called making tax digital. So if you're a sole trader, you'll need to be doing quarterly returns. So that's every three months, you're going to need to be providing a summary statement to HM Revenue and Customs in the UK of your income and expenses for that period. So it's good to talk now, start getting processes and planning in place ready for that to come in because you'll have 30 days to report. At the moment, we've got nine months to give the information to the revenue after your year in. Then we'll have to report on a on a, on a 90-day period, so a three-month period, and we'll have to do that within 30 days of, of that quarter end. So it's really changing. So say, now's the time to go and chat to someone, see if you get on with your accountant, and really kind of focus on the advice going forward. And I think it is that planning which is really um, crucial, to be quite honest. Um, one of the things that's really helped me at least manage it so that I don't get a shock and surprise bill at the end. Um, I remember my mum actually telling me about an airline company. Um, and the only reason they didn't go bust was because all of the money they took from their clients they put into a separate account and they wouldn't put that into the main business account until the holiday had actually completed and the people had gone on holiday. So one of the things I started to do with my entertainment business was whenever I took money from a client, I put that into a separate account. Because if, for whatever reason, I needed to refund them, I knew that the money would be there. But even when I take the money out to spend, I make sure that I still leave 40% of it. So I'll only take 60% of that fee. So I've got enough for tax and anything spontaneous which will happen um, or which could come up so that I've got that little reserve there, which is really handy. Um, but you've mentioned accounts a lot through this, and you are one. <laughs> and... I suppose another question which a lot of people will be having is, can they not just do their tax themselves or the other people will be thinking, should I get an accountant to help me with my tax? Can you enlighten us about that? Yes, of course. Obviously, under the, the current UK rules, anyone can do their own tax return. And it's something that I've been an advocate for for a long time, is I think children at school should be taught more about tax and the processes of how tax is deducted and effectively down to the point of completing a draft tax return. Because I think that would be really good and to get people thinking about tax. But yes, you don't need to engage a, an accountant. There, there's no reason for you to do so, apart from the advice and the experience that an accountant can add to your business. I mean, I think that that's the important thing. So most entertainers are very good at entertaining, but they don't know how to run their business. They're, I know Ed Samuel spoke at the last podcast about financial advice. And I think it's quite difficult for entertainers to worry themselves about finances. I tend to find it's a common trait across all entertainers that they want to be out entertaining. They don't want to be worrying about sitting at home doing doing their bookkeeping or, or working out what their tax return is. So that's probably why everything gets left to the last minute. And that's why a good accountant will help you out. They will be advising through what software is available and really how to make it simple for you as the entertainer to know where you are in your business. I mean, I always talk about a case that I was speaking to someone. They went out and they thought that they'd done very, very well in their entertainment business. But what they hadn't realised was the cost of travelling to each of these shows. They were travelling up and down the UK constantly. So they, they were doing 50, 60, 70,000 miles a year, at least in their car. And obviously at the moment, the cost of fuel in the UK is expensive. 
they hadn't taken that into account. They hadn't taken into account the cost of the hotels, the cost of the food, the cost of the drinks, and then obviously their, their professional subscriptions and their development time. They hadn't covered all this cost in there. So every gig that they were doing, they were actually losing money on because they hadn't charged themselves out at the right price. They hadn't worked out what that sweet spot was for their clients. And I know that that's one of Ashley's momentum course topics is about pricing yourself correctly. And I think that is really key. But it's not just pricing yourself correctly. It's knowing whether you've made a profit. And if you are using a software package such as Xero or Sage or QuickBooks or any of the others that are available out there, you can have a look at your monthly profit and loss to see if you've made profit across that month. So that's really what an accountant can add to you. Again, you might not need to pay them anymore because you're doing a lot of the work yourself at that point, but you get the valuable insights into your business from talking to a professional like myself. I suppose the other benefit of working with an accountant is there's a lot of sneaky things that you can claim back. And I suppose it's got to the point in the podcast where we've spoken a lot about tax. We've spoken a lot about the topics around that limited companies that when obviously you need to pay tax when you're running over that thousand pound mark. The big question on anyone's mind, and it's on the mind of every business owner, what can we do to keep our tax bill as low as possible? Because in the UK, we have to pay, if we're above a certain limit, we have to pay 20% of our earnings to the government. And that's a flipping ton of cash at the end of the day. <laughs> so everyone cries and winces because they resent paying a lot of that harder money away. So what are some of the ways in which we can keep our tax bill down? We're earning 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 grand a year, whatever it is for the entertainer out there listening right now. How can they make sure that they're not having a whopping tax bill of two, three, four, five, ten grand at the end of the year? I have this conversation all the time with entertainers. Effectively, it, you spend more money on your entertainment business. That's the easiest way to reduce your tax. But let's say you're on a on an income of fifty thousand pounds, and I say the best way to reduce your tax is by reducing your profits, so have more expenses. If I said to the entertainer, you know what, the best way of 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 reducing your tax bill is actually pay me in accounts charges £50,000, then your profit's nil. You've got zero tax to pay. Happy days. But it's not just always about reducing tax. It's about having the right level for you to be able to go out and do what you want to do. So we can be quite aggressive and say, right, buy all this equipment, buy this state-of-the-art van that you, you may need to travel around the UK in. And again, that will all help to reduce your tax. But you still need to have money for other things. It's pointless having spent, if, if, if you're on £50,000, spend £50,000 on accountancy fees, and then suddenly you've got no money. But I don't mind. So uh, one thing that entertainers hate me for saying it, but I wished entertainers paid more tax. It's because they've made more profit. And that is the hardest thing in the entertainment business. And obviously, we're now hopefully over all this COVID thing. So people are starting to see the return to profits again in the industry. But you want to pay more tax because it means you're making more money. I mean, obviously, Ashley mentioned 20% tax. Some people have to pay 40% or even more in tax. And then there's national insurance on top of that. So there is a tax burden for that. But again, if I said to someone, here we go, here's... £10,000, but you need to pay the tax on it. There's going to be £6,000 left at the end of it. I don't think anyone listening to this would say, you know what? I, I don't want that £10,000 because I don't want to pay the tax on it. You'd much rather have the £10,000, pay, say, 
40% tax of four grand across the tax man, six grand in your back pocket, happy days. You'll be happy with that. So it's not always about aggressively reducing down your tax liability. It's about spending the right amount, but having enough money for you to go and live. So if you want to go on holiday personally, you want to take the kids out to a theme park, you want to go and do something, then you need to have that money there instead of just trying to spend, spend, spend on the business. And that's why I think the software really helps with entertainers. It's very easy to use. Again, most firms will do uh, um, training on it. Or indeed, you can watch um, YouTube videos. There's plenty of videos on there, little snippet-sized, bite-sized pieces of information of how to use Zero or Sage or QuickBooks or Free Agent or whoever you decide to use. And just go through, do that to know where you are financially in your business. I think that's really got to be the key. Instead of just focusing on, I want a lower tax bill. It's the first question. Whenever I speak to entertainers, the first thing they say to me is, how much tax do I need to pay? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the most important thing. I want to know how much profit you're making. I want to know that you're charging the right price. I want to know that you're making money at what you love doing. I don't necessarily worry about the tax on on day one. Let's see where the business is, where you want the business to go, and then we can start planning uh, methodically as to what the best way of setting up, up the business. So sole trade or company, I'll go back to that. Or... How we then structure your tax accordingly on that. So do you need to on day one have the van or is that better next year or the following year? How do you buy the van? Is it better to, to lease it? Is it better to purchase it? Again, a lot of entertainers will probably use their car. So again, cars generally aren't that tax efficient in limited companies because of the tax that follows with that. But they are quite tax efficient if you're a sole trader. So there's lots of questions around that. And again, it's talking to someone, right, okay, here's what we can claim for, here's what we can claim for. Ah, yeah, that one we probably can't claim for because there's a duality of purpose. So, I mean, in the tax world, um, we always look at three words. Is it wholly, exclusively, and necessary for the business to have incurred that cost? And that's what the... HM Revenue and Customs always go back to. Is it wholly for the business? Is it exclusively for the business? Is it necessary for the business? So a prop on stage is going to be necessary wholly and exclusively. You're unlikely to use that particular prop out walking down the street and, and showing off. You, you don't tend to use it. It tends to be hidden away in a cupboard or a box ready for your next gig. Um, or, for example, the, the drum kit for the musician or the stage outfit for Brian May's wig, as I said earlier, or, or the ABBA outfit or the cloak for the magician or the magic wand. Wherever it is, they are all wholly exclusively necessary. It's when you start to get down to, for example, the question I'm often asked is, we're going on holiday as a family to Spain. That's got to be for the business, right? No, <laughs> you can't pull the walls off over miles, but the revenue will look at that. HM Revenue Customers will look at that. So, so it's just kind of looking at it and making sure it falls within those three. And that's what a good, good accountant will, will help you do. So I think, again, just to recap, one of the things which we need to do if we're making money in, in our entertainment business is being a little bit savvy and thinking, hang on a minute, I need to be keeping records of what I'm spending because this is a taxable like I can claim this back against a tax. Like if I'm buying props for my show and buying my professional services, like my Magic Circle subscription, the subscription yes. to the local singing training group, um, me insurances like equity and all the other things that come in between, like all my stationary stuff and my laptop and that. Like 
all of this, I need to be thinking, hang on, I can claim this back. Heck, you buy a course to help you grow your magic business and make more money called Momentum from me. Um, again, that's a taxable thing which you can claim back. So it's just being a little bit savvy, keeping the records, and when it comes around to it, offsetting that against the tax, and that's one way to keep your tax bill low. However, as you rightly point out, maybe we've got the wrong idea in our heads then when we set out this. It's not about paying zero tax, because if we're paying zero tax, like you've rightly said, we've got a problem with our business because if you're not paying any tax, it shows you're not making enough of a profit as a business owner, right? Yes, that's right. And I suppose if that's the case, then if you are worrying about paying tax and they're getting around to the year, it shows there's an underlying problem in the business and that needs fixing, whether you need to actually be getting more shows or price more accordingly to factor this in, or you just need to stop spending your money (laughs) on things that don't matter. Um, by going out and socializing constantly and spending above your means it's just making sure the business is working for you and your lifestyle and if it's not obviously i can help with that through the momentum program or you can just kind of look at everything in detail and, and kind of get on top of that but i know there was one thing you wanted to cover about kids and children's entertainers can you touch on that yes so Children or entertainers who are children, uh, predominantly you see it either in the singing world or in acting, again, they still have to pay taxes on their income. Really? So, yeah, they don't pay national insurance, though. So, so at that point, actually, there, there can be a little bit of saving. They don't pay as much tax overall as we do as adults. That's why a lot of entertainers get into this. Like, sorry to buy them, but just me, like, I started doing paid work at 15. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people out there, they start this. And I know there's a lot of kids as well as adults that listen to this podcast because what a fun thing to do. Do your hobby and make a flipping ton of cash <laughs> so that when you're out with mates, you're like, yeah, I've got a few grand in a bank account. <laughs> so that's amazing for like a 15, 14 year old. And you see it even more so these days with the advent of things like YouTube earnings and TikTok. And again, the question that I'm often asked, especially for children adults, uh, for children entertainers, um, and often with the parents there, they, they come in and ask, what about the clothing that they wear? And that is always a very subjective question. It does depend on what they wear. So, for example, if it was myself and I went onto YouTube and I always dragged myself with a T-shirt, Accountant Extraordinaire, for example, then that would be allowable because that is part of my image. If I just turn up with a boring grey suit on every time, then that isn't. He says that as I'm wearing a boring grey jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my jacket's on the back of my chair, which is actually a shade of (laughs) grey. But, again, it does depend. And, again, it's talking through that with 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 um, your accountant so i know some people always wear um, caps with a specific phrase on again that is allowable if it's always the same phrase and it's part of their image and that's what you see when you go on there but if it's just that today the kid wears a dinosaur t-shirt tomorrow it's one with a tractor on and so there's nothing specific there then probably those those clothing costs aren't allowable um, I'm talking quite general there about clothing, but that's often the question that I get asked. But yes, t- they do have to pay tax, so so child entertainers do have to pay tax. And I say in certain industries, it does come down to having the right agent. And again, if people want advice on that, then you can speak to me or speak to to your local accountant. So, so. Well, to kind of like, before we wrap up today, um, I just wanted to ask, have you got any like tips and hacks which you can give us to make sure that we 
one, stay organised and don't faff around last minute, where we uh, frantically, <laughs> like most uh, most self-employed people do, most business owners do, get to the end and think, ah, shit, tax season, yes, uh, this needs happening. Oh, I'll put it off because I've got a few weeks left to do it. If you've got any tips to get around that, and also any tips in which you'd recommend to make sure that we keep money aside from tax so we don't mess ourselves up and then end up getting lumped with a big bill i always say you need to be proactive yourself obviously you're probably proactive about your business and your entertainment business and again sort of like you're listening to ashley's podcast here so you will be proactive in wanting to grow your business but part of growing is about tax and all the administration around your business as well it's not just going out there performing it's the other things behind there software really has helped in the last few years so I, so i can't bleat on enough about software and as i say the software will really help you but it also help your accountant so for example if you're using an online software package for for bookkeeping then we can t- tap into that and say well okay based on that this is what your projected tax bill will be next january so you can start planning and preparing yourself for it i mean it's very difficult to say to entertainers especially, keep some money back for tax. Again, I'd much rather be working with you along the way to say, right, okay, this is how much money you've made in the last three months. If it continues on that rate, then this is what your taxable will be at the end of the year. So it is kind of talking and engaging with people around you, with your accountants. But if you do want to do it yourself, then do get software and look at it regularly and then work out what your tax bill is. And it's quite a simple calculation to do yourself. So I do recommend that you do do that. And that really is the best hack for today is keep records. And if you want to be a little bit more proactive, keep software, keep your records on software, keep keep your separate bank account, get that transferred directly into your to your, to your software, to your Xero, your Sage, your QuickBooks, et cetera, et cetera. And keep an eye on it. I want entertainers to be earning more profit. Unfortunately, that goes hand in hand with paying more tax. Pay more tax yeah. But that is going to be of benefit to you as an entertainer. More money in your back pocket at the end of each month. And ultimately, if you are making a profit, you're not writing anything off that has knock-on effects as well, which means you can get a house, you can get a mortgage, because if you're writing everything off, it shows your business is running at a loss, and then you're never going to be able to move out, you're never going to be able to buy a house, and there's so many other knock-on effects from that. So... <laughs> I guess the biggest thing today, which I think is going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people, that paying tax isn't a bad thing. If anything, it's a good thing, and it shows you're making a profit as a business. But it's also, at the same time, just being savvy and thinking, hang on, the things I'm paying, I've got to remember to claim them back on top. Yes. But ultimately, the more tax you pay, the more profit you're making overall as a business owner. Yes, Yes, that's right. Well, before we wrap up today, I just want to say, is there any final words you want to mentioned to the 130 countries of all the individual people listening around the world is there one final message you'd like to leave us on with your infinite wisdom over numbers and accounts definitely make sure you are charging the right price to your customers that really is the thing that i struggle with with a lot of entertainers is that they don't charge the right price to the customer so don't always think oh yeah well it's going to be a hundred pounds and then the customer kind of dithers and you go well in actual fact i could do it for 20 quid for you that isn't a business for you that is not a business you need to be quite confident in your pricing structure and that will lead to long-term achievements have a plan have a plan know where you want to be in a year two year three year five years time and 
make sure you keep yourself accountable towards that plan as well. So it's really charging the right price, having a plan and speaking to, to an accountant really kind of just to make sure that you're doing everything right. It is. Well, just for the people out there, if they do need any help with their accounts um, or they just want to do some stalking or maybe find some extra advice from you, can you let us know where people can stalk you, find you, research you and all of that weird stuff which people can do online nowadays? <laughs> okay, so I'm on LinkedIn, so it's Mark Herdman, H-U-R-D-M-A-N. Um, or you can give me a call, I'm happy for phone calls and the best number would be through my office, which is 01843-862-716 and that's in the UK. Or you can get hold of me through Ashley as well. So so you can always make touch with Ashley and say, who's that brilliant accountant you were talking to on mm-hmm. podcast number whatever it was? <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that, that's the best ways of getting hold of me. Or just visit my website, which is levixlevicks.com. Awesome. And Diraj, our wonderful assistant, will make sure Sorry, D-Raj, uh, to link all of that information <laughs> below for any of you guys which are interested. Um, but I just want to say thank you, Mark, for hopping on and wanting to be so open and give some really practical insights, some really hand handy stuff on a topic which we rarely speak about in this industry because it's so focused on, I need to get more gigs, I need to get more gigs, I want to do more shows. And a lot of entertainers just tend to focus and think just having a good show is all I need, but... In reality, they're running a business, and sometimes they forget that there's so many other things that come on top of just having a good show. And I think looking after your accounts and and, and all of that is such a, a practical thing which no one really talks about. So thank you for being open and willing to come on the podcast and share your wonderful wisdom as always. No worries. No worries. Thank you, Ashley. Awesome. We'll see you guys very soon for another episode of the podcast designed to help you guys put more gigs and make more money as entertainers. We'll see you all soon.